Well, hello, everybody, and welcome again to the Weirdly Magical podcast with Jen and Lou. And I am Louise Eddington. I'm a soul astrologer and author of two astrology books, The Complete Guide to Astrology and um, Modern Astrology. <laughs> I forgot the name of it. And um, I help, uh, I do readings and things, and I help my clients uh, create the life of their dreams. Hey everyone, I'm Jen Dushin, CEO of Akashic Swan Guidance. I work with leaders, change agents, creators, empaths to activate their soul's full potential and purpose so they can thrive freely. And I do it using the Akashic Records, numerology and the Illuminating Journey cards. Cool. Right, Jen, let's do cards. Dive in. What's your card? Yes. All right. So this card came up, the 11th Soul Portal, the Illuminating Journey cards. Isn't this the third time we've had this one lately? Yeah, that card really wants to be heard. I don't know if it's the third, but it's at least the second time in the last short while that Mm -hmm. it's come up. Uh, And you could be right, it could be the third. So this one, for those who can't see it, the figure of a woman between two rocks. This is in uh, actually in England at uh, Avesbury. Um, um, So it's a very sacred space. Uh, The figure has the roots going down into the earth and the energy of the lightning. And there's a full moon above. So this kind of energy pouring in her arms open, receiving and allowing receiving messages information um, awareness and grounding it into the earth Um, Mm. and it's uh, the 11 is it's very much a gateway or being in the portal of change Uh, the colors are very vibrant there's reds and yellows Uh, i think this to me this card is saying at this time that we're in the space and when i look at this image right now it's almost as if the person is pushing the two rocks apart like by Mm. kind of allowing the energy of being who they are to just um kind of hold that passage and be in that space of pushing through um what has been into this space of receiving learning growing expanding Mm. really allowing that to root them in the ground so So, yeah i can see why you might say she could be pushing them apart i kind of felt like she was drawing energy from ancient energy from the stones like kind of like zapped by it (laughs) i have been to avesbury though so i know the energy of those stones so yeah very powerful Mm. right so yes it could be pulling drawing energy it could be pushing the stones apart it could be just living in that space where there's so Mm. much energy Mm. in between the sacred points so everything on every level Mm. receiving grounding and allowing and kind of surrendering to the energy to the Mm. to the realization of who you are in this moment Uh, I think it's really appropriate if you think about the time we're in that this is us right each of us 
-hmm. claiming that space, claiming that energy and going, yes, this is where I'm willing to be. I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to receive. I'm willing to, mm -hmm. to take action to become uh, this that I am. Mm -hmm. And and leave your card up if you would, because we as we're always we've got similar colours. <laughs> <laughs> and mine goes a bit see through because I'm a green screen because she's got green on it. So I'll try and keep it in front of me. <laughs> this is the art card, um, which is the alchemy card uh, to my mind. And you know, this is like Jen's card. Really, it's bringing everything into this one. Um, crucible really of creation um, in Jen's card it's kind of the woman herself is you know drawing from the earth drawing from the sky drawing from the stones and this woman is mixing everything in kind of this holy grail um, uh, cup um, and I it's one of my favorite cards the art card because it is the Sagittarius card too. <laughs> I'm the Sagittarius. And um, it really, it just is about, you know, you have all you need. You draw everything in, mix the mix it in, in alchemy to create something really beautiful. And, um, and you know, don't think that you have, you have to go anywhere else to create the life you want because you have everything you need to mix in um it's yeah it's kind of annoying me that it's going see-through but i can't i'm not <laughs> taking my green screen off because then you'll just see horrible green cloth behind <laughs> me those that are watching but um <laughs> i love some of the affirmations in um in fact, I might read the quote, actually, that goes with it in Anjali Zarian's book for these cards, because I love the quote. So it's the point is to unify and harmonize the opposites, both positive and negative, by discovering a ground which transcends and encompasses them both. And that's by Ken Wilber. No, um, no boundary. Um and so, you know, I've I, it's a big passion of mine about um, bringing all the opposites into the middle and integrating the opposites and stop being so polarized and thinking we're so separate. And I think both these books are, are both these cards are speaking to that. And of course, we're speaking about the Pisces new moon today, which um, which I'll talk about in a second. And Pisces is an alchemy of all the preceding signs it's the last sign of the zodiac and it's the cosmic soup of creation so these cards both really fit with this new moon so so speaking of this new moon <laughs> the new moon is going to be on march the 13th 2021 um my brother's birthday <laughs> and it's at 10:21 a.m london time that's universal time uh, the new moon itself is at 23 degrees of Pisces. It's the sixth of six new moons at that 23 degree mark, and I've, which I've talked about endlessly. And um, the new moon itself is conjunct Neptune, the ruler of Pisces, um, which is at 20 degrees of Pisces and Venus at 19 degrees of Pisces. It's also in a square aspect to Juno in Sagittarius, the, which is the relationship asteroid um, primarily. 
uh, kind of our sacred marriage to each other. On the new moon as well, uh, Mercury in Aquarius will be at 26 degrees, which is the degree uh, the trickster communicator turned retrograde at a while ago. So Mercury will be leaving its shadow. So everything that we've um, been covering, been reviewing, been um, revisiting, um, it'll be time to take action on those ideas. Um, the other primary thing, and there's more, of course, that we'll cover, is that uh, Chiron, the um, the key to healing, the shaman of the zodiac, is um, almost exactly conjunct series. Um, the great mother at seven degrees of Aries, which is just one degree away of the upcoming Venus star point when Venus is exactly conjunct the sun. And that will be on March the 26th at six degrees of Aries. So we'll we'll talk about all that um, as we move through as well. But Jen, what are your first thoughts on this? So my th first thoughts are um, that I think this is the um, point of new beginnings in a sense, the ending, creating the beginning as everything starts to um, kind of reach another level, which kind of reminds me of our cards. It's kind of getting to that next level of where actually like this is what there is. This is what we have to work with. Let's kind of stir it all in and create from here. Mm -hmm. Um and as far as the numbers go, which is, uh, I think, first, because fascinating, it's the final of the 23-degree moons that have been going since October. So that's half a year. It's the time of, you know, the alchemy of change. It's like this is a set point also because it's connected to the Venus stop point. So it feels very much um, like this really is that point of you know, like we're putting something down in the sand or whatever, putting roots in. Um, so March is a three month always. And this month it is an eight because five and three is eight. So we have that eight. So the eight speaks to that idea of culmination and not like the nine, which is the final combination, but the eight is the kind of that idea of success or or, or um, pushing through obstacles reaching like having a goal or an intention that's really strong that makes us want to um, act mm -hmm. so it's about leadership uh, the 23 the idea of this incredible bravery courage and need to be bold and kind of uh, leave behind our fears mm -hmm. the fact that it's on the 13th very powerful 13 is such a powerful number i think it's uh, it has spoken many times in the last couple of years certainly since you and i've been doing this mm -hmm. and here it is it's the divine feminine number it's the number of um uh, the phoenix rising the kind of rebirth energy that uh, you know we're talking about here this true rebirth where we get to take um, charge of what we're going to change mm -hmm. uh, so the 13 with the 8 to 13 as a 4 with the 8 it's a uh, destined uh, time when you have the two together so destiny is at work so it feels very fated um, and then with this is the um, 
12, so we have a three universal day. And I think that's pretty significant because the three is about um, creativity. It's about the childlike energy. It's about coming full circle back to the kind of innocence of who we are, the joy of who we are. How do we play? Are we giving a new opportunity to rebirth? So how will we do this through play, uh, bringing things together through curiosity and uh, creative um, inspiration as opposed to trying to force it into connection mm. this is such a creative new moon it's you know it's it's kind of a, a love burst as well as it kind of feels like to me um you know with this the sun the moon which are really the divine male and divine female energies in some traditions the sun was the female and um, in ours, generally, the sun is seen as the male, but it doesn't really matter. It's the two halves of uh, the anima and the animus and the yin and yang coming together on this new moon in this soup of creation that is um, Pisces. Because Pisces really is the dream time. It's the time, it's the amniotic fluid to my mind. It's the time before death. It's also the time before birth. It's It's this, and we... You know, a lot of the creation myths come out of the dream time or come out of water. And, and Pisces is such a watery, empathic, creative sign. And to have Neptune there, the ruler of Pisces, only three degrees, well, less than. It's like really just over two degrees away from the new moon. The connection with whatever sources, whatever this cosmic soup is, the collective, unconscious, subconscious is going to be off the charts for this new moon. And then we have Venus, which is um, creativity. It's our relationships, our values. She's actually at 19 degrees. She's in her underworld journey before this um, next star point, which is the point Venus, the Venus cycle makes a five-pointed star for those that aren't aware of this. And I do a Venus class every time she goes retrograde. And that's her interior or inferior star point. But this is the superior star point. She goes behind the sun from our earthly perspective. Um, she has been the morning star and now she's disappeared from view. As we record this as well, she's disappeared from view and she goes behind the sun and then emerges as the more receptive, softened, um, uh, more kind of beauty oriented rather than action oriented uh, Venus star. And uh, she'll spend she'll be the evening star for the rest of this year after she emerges from the sun's beams. But because she's behind the sun and in her underworld journey, she's kind of exploring her shadow more about relationships and about this creative source. So, you know, I think we on this new moon are being invited to really kind of go into um, our own little shadowy underworld in a in a very connected way. We're perhaps being invited to explore um our own personal creativity and our connection with nature. Jen and I were talking <clears throat> just before we did this and I'm definitely feeling this already as we move towards the star point and towards this new moon. 
Um, I've been, you know, walking in nature more. I've signed up for an art class. You might want to think about doing some of these and that takes us back to our cards again. So this is just bursting with creativity and it's about creating the relationships we want and the, the life we want as we move towards a new start when things move into Aries and Libra after this new moon. So I'll say more in a bit. <laughs> Right. So uh, for me, it seems like, you know, based on what you're saying, Lou, as well as what I'm getting from the records, etc., that this is this is kind of the illumination point, like to mm -hmm. go into the depth or to be in the depth of who we are in our souls and our being, in our awareness, as we move out of the um, kind of illusion or delusion that we've been living under, mm -hmm. uh, many of us are realizing uh, that we've been um, following an illusion. And as we waken to the possibility, if I choose to live my life differently, because now I can see, I can see where my pain is, I can see where my issues are, I can see where I haven't been creative in my thinking, mm -hmm. I can see where I've, I've kind of stifled myself or stopped myself from truly stepping out because I had an illusion, a belief, a pattern, a system that thought that it was about someone else, or, you know, if only somebody else would change, then my life would change. Um, if only someone would do something different, and coming to this universal realization that this is the playing field, the playing field is all out there, everything's available, whatever we call good, bad, you know, you know, ugly pretty indifferent etc everything all of these kind of uh play pieces if you will are out there on the field the field of dreams and so we get to decide what's important enough for us to to um bring in that energy to kind of think about those cards that we pulled and bring in that energy of how do we become more empowered more uh, on purpose because we're choosing to do things that feel resonant. So instead of feeling like a victim and feeling like um, life is doing stuff to us, people are doing stuff to us, uh, instead to feel like, wow, I have a choice about this great playing field and I'm choosing, you know, it changes everything. It doesn't matter what the story is, but when you recognize that you're choosing to engage in a story, that's powerful. You know, whatever it is, you can choose whatever you want. Nobody's telling you how to choose. Or at least if they are, you don't need to listen. But this really just opens up the field. Everything's here. Like, what are you going to choose? It's kind of like going to on a banquet. You're going to, this is the most amazing banquet. Every kind of food you can ever imagine is on it. And so what would you choose to eat? What, how, what order would you eat it in, etc.? Uh, you know, we all will do something different. And so this is that moment. And that's what it feels like. This kind of the light opens up. We're feeling that connection. We want that connection. So how do we create that connection? How do we recognize that the two parts of ourselves need to become one, that we need to work with others in a certain way? Uh, yeah, it's almost like we're surrendering the old to... Um, take on the new that's kind of how it feels 
Uh, yeah, funny. Uh, this word surrender was coming in my mind too. And and there's no doubt that this, because um, uh, Pisces is very much about surrendering and going with the flow and trusting as well. But I find it interesting that this new moon and, Ven and Venus and Neptune are all in square to Juno, the, the marriage um, archetype asteroid, who has just crossed the uh, south node, the releasing end in Sagittarius. And I think this is, you know, there's an element of the Pisces. It's always so hard to talk about Pisces because it's such a nebulous sign. But there's, <laughs> an, there's a, an element of, of this about we're so connected to everybody in Pisces, to this collective, um, almost psychic energy. We And it's very empathic and we can feel what others are feeling. But I think our lesson in this is to realize that it's only our actions that can change this and we have to let go of what we thought relationships should look like on that south node I think and this is all our sacred relationships really with each other it's not just um, I know I call it the marriage but it's our sacred marriage to each other and um, and Juno crossing that south node the releasing end that south node in Sagittarius has been asking us to release and let go of old beliefs and old dogma, if you like, about the way things should be for a long time and be to be open to um, new ways and new thoughts and new ideas. Um, we all get stuck in our ways. And this this is such a big release, new moon and a new start. And then Mercury, you know, um, well, let's I'd like to just quickly talk a little bit more about those moon's nodes, our karma and our dharma, the past, the old beliefs, moving towards the north node in Gemini. The, the nodes have now shifted into the second half of their journey through um, Sagittarius and Gemini. They've reached that pivot point and now we're kind of in the uh, second half of the journey where we're really being asked to move towards that north node in Gemini, which is the new ideas and listening to others. Um, and the way the charts all set up at the moment, all the personal planets are moving towards that north node and the north node's moving back towards them. They're all going to meet one by one which is saying it's time to change. It's time to become this new person. Um, Mercury rules that north node in uh, Gemini and Mercury is leaving his shadow on the same day as this new moon in Aquarius saying think outside the box, do things differently. And, and this is about everything, about how you approach the world, um, about how you approach that your relationship with yourself. It's about turning a lot of this love back on yourself um, and loving on yourself first. And that ripples out like the waves of water in Pisces, to my mind. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, speaking about that in terms of this relationship with uh, Venus and Neptune, with the sun there at the 23 degrees, the 2019. Um, very powerful because of Venus being the higher octave of uh, Neptune. Is that mm. right? uh, some say she is, yeah. Well, yeah. at least in this case, we can yeah. say that is. And, and, and Venus is very, she's said to be exalted in Pisces too. So, yeah, yeah. 
So it's a very happy place for both of them. <laughs> right. Well, I, I think if you think about the fluidity, it's, it's like when you think about a baby and the um, amniotic fluid. Mm. This is Venus and Neptune together, right? It's this idea of uh, when we see um, even images of the creation it's always a, a woman usually rising out of the ocean that's mm -hmm. very venus um neptune yeah. uh, very much that idea that with the creation when you create from your values from from love from knowing you are loved and that there are there's a balance to to the choices you make you create you're the pivot point uh, that you can choose whatever you choose and to be creative in your choosing in this um, in the space because you know there's plenty, like it's endless. Yeah. So instead of choosing from a place of lack and I have to and I'm being forced to and um, I have to um, kind of put myself in a certain shape so I'll be approved of or I'm going to reach that high rate of success <laughs> Um, instead, knowing that success comes from the choices you make from your heart and your creative mind, knowing there are many choices, like there isn't just one choice, there's many, mm -hmm. but making one step by step is important. It's important to make choices. Like I think when like uh, talking about Neptune being a flowing, kind of accepting, but there is also the need, which I believe is the point here with Venus and all this other energy here, uh, is that you choose the flow instead of being, it's just, you're not just a piece of flotsam being oh, no. <laughs> forced to go in a certain direction, but you're actually directing where you want to go and this to me is the key here because we have kind of been led along a path and that's been our illusion and now with this gap this hole this space to recreate or create a new mm -hmm. we can go you know what this is what I want I want to feel what it feels like to be in balance with my relationships uh, not need to hide or hold back because I'm afraid I'll be judged or I won't be loved, but just knowing there's just so much out there. Like we don't need everyone in the world to love us. We don't need to have every single thing. What we need to have, what we desire is what is true for us. So once we know what that is, it is so much easier to open our arms and receive than just trying to take everything that somebody's throwing at us or the universe is throwing at us. So that just feels super important to understand that with Venus being at that 19, with her being the kind of instigator in the change, she's the one bringing her values, her desires, her creativity into a pool that will create anything, the pool of everything and anything and nothing. That's the, the actual, the mastery there. Mm -hmm. And she being at 19, which is like this new beginning, with the one and nine, it's bringing in the old and the new going, this is who I am. I accept myself and I accept that I have things I need to do because I want something. I desire to be something. Mm. And with Neptune at the 20, although I know it's slow moving, is that kind of surrendered going, you can have whatever you want. You just need to name it and claim it. So when I say going, yeah, going with the flow and the nebulous energy and things, to my mind is more going with that inner flow of of kind of your connection with source. This 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 new moon is is really about 
your connection with source and and knowing that that's what's most important to tune in with I think rather than like Jen said you know what everybody else is doing and things and then you're coming from this point of manifesting higher love I always want to sing that song higher love when I look at this new moon especially when with Venus Neptune conjunct right because it is it's remembering that love is a verb and that the more love loving you are the more love you will receive so you know it's 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 about being love I think in this new moon and really that starts with loving yourself I found and um, by the just an aside I realized my mug says dreamer and um that's very Pisces new moon <laughs> it's all about your dreams your creativity it's it's really about tuning into that whatever source voice is for you really to um to create something that you know really um that you really want to manifest in your life to be quite blunt venus's manifestation so right and i think just the numbers we talked about the 13 which is the four the eight and all of these things are so important because they're speaking about manifesting, making something real. Yeah. So we need our imagination. We need the in being in touch with our feelings, mm-hmm. with the things that maybe we uh, miscalculated or focused on incorrectly and mm-hmm. going, no, I need to course correct. I need to be able to change. Remember the 23 and the fives here, the nodes are also at 14, which is a five. This is all about change, mm-hmm. change through courage, being able to look at things with a clear awareness. Yes, I kind of had an illusion about how, what my relationship was with myself, with the world, or oh, I thought I needed to behave a certain way. I thought when people did something or said something, it meant I should do something. And, you know, that could be one interpretation, but thinking about water how water is all about being able the fluidity of interpretation especially Mm -hmm. with um, this mercury influence in aquarius and that idea of freedom we're talking about freedom about liberation liberating yourself from fixed ideas that's what water does it Mm -hmm. allows us to you know dig into the depths, move into that energy, choose something different, like easily move away from the burdensome thought patterns and even actions or reactions that we take thinking. Like we're going to be angry if we think somebody is trying to control us. But if we decide that that story has to go and that we would rather make choices like going I'm choosing something it's all very Neptunian and very Venusian but we must make those choices we just cannot wait to be informed we are formed by our own choices and that's the key here that shining the light bringing in that balance of the moon the love um, you know love is liquid it is something that moves and changes and it's kind of what we tell ourselves it is and I think we have to remember that you know this is the start of a new lunation cycle and 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 also an ending because it's in the last sign and that this Venus sun um dance whatever you want to call it that is is really already beginning by this new moon uh, because they're so close by this time 
Venus will not emerge from her underworld journey until, I mean, there's no definite date. Okay. So my friend Gemini Brett, who's the starry, he watches the stars. Um, official astrology says that um, Venus will emerge from the beams of the sun when she's 15 degrees away from the sun. But it all depends on where you are in the earth and all this thing. And you're likely to see her first when you're on a mountain top and all this kind of thing. But even... Um, there's no definite date, but she will emerge from the beams of the sun when she's in Taurus. So we're going from this cycle of this cosmic soup of creation to the Venus star point on March the 26th um, at six degrees Aries, which is Aries is the first sign. It's a pioneering sign. It's uh, new projects, new me. It's the I am. And then Venus will emerge in her own sign Taurus, which is the earth sign ruled by her. And that's the sign of manifestation, manifesting something real. So I just wanted to kind of emphasize to people how these things move along. You know, I always think the universe does have a plan. The more I work with cycles, I think, you know, the universe is not just giving us these one moments. It's giving us this kind of, um, you can see the plan unfolding. I always think it's an opportunity and we um, can decide and choose how we work with it. But we're, we kind of hope this podcast really helps you to tune in and start to create uh, the life you want through following these moves. So, yeah. Right. Which might be a good moment to talk about as well. Oh, yes. Thank you, Jen. <laughs> I get so involved in this that I forget. So I want to remind everybody. Well, first of all, we have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash weirdly magical. Um, if you would love to support this podcast and we also do a patron only um, uh, card pull and video uh, for the uh, every time we do one of these uh, recordings uh, for just three dollars a month or you can choose your own um, uh, um, amount you can support the running costs of the podcast but we also have swag do, do, do. so my business is cosmic owl astrology jen is akashic swan guidance and our lovely friend chloe plasma came up with the swowl the Swan Owl <laughs> for the podcast. And we have t-shirts, we have mugs, we have um, sleeveless ones, short sleeves, long sleeves, sweatshirts, whatever you want. And we also have ones with the design, the big design on the back. And you can find the link to that on our Facebook page, which is Weirdly Magical on Facebook. Um, I'll post the link again for the swell swag <laughs> and on our next uh broadcast we're probably going to be doing a giveaway so listen out for that so anyway back to the new moon <laughs> exactly <laughs> swelling along yes <laughs> so yes so something that struck me as you were talking before about uh juno moving past the nodes is we still have the draconian bowl but it's mm -hmm. interesting how it's kind of moving around, which is kind of touching all the different areas. But what is also interesting, besides that the nodes are kind of, you know, the top of the bowl and at that uh, 
14 degrees, that five of change, um, and kind of speaking out about our truth or declaring it. I think that's kind of a, a marker in how we move from just kind of going along with the flow to actually being on purpose in our flow is to mm -hmm. speak about and to to journal and share and get super clear like things that are in our heads I always find like I feel super clear in my head and then when somebody asks me the question and then I can't articulate what it is because it's just been stuck in my head so if I write it down or talk it out with someone or just draw or think about it or listen I go yeah I get clearer and clearer yeah. so I I think that's really the point of all of this here with that kind of pressure as Juno has now moved in there to, to almost culminate the, the marriage, right? It's, this is the time of um, penetration, if you will, that idea of becoming like, it's not just an idea, right? The, it's something you're going to make real through penetration of some kind, through that surrender, through that allowing that kind of orgasmic experience of, um, becoming a living being, a living thing, your idea, you know, your sole purpose, your free will, these are living things, uh, you know, your relationship to love that you actually need to engage with and go, this is what I want. You know, certainly for someone like me, he's always been kind of a dreamer and kind of just flowing around the place. I've really had to learn that to receive or activate what I desire to actually be the captain of my ship I have to let the universe know what I want and I have to mm -hmm. act in accordance so I have to kind of set my sights and do things that prove over and over again uh, that I want something that doesn't mean you can't course correct or change it really is important to understand this I remember when I was a kid my dad used to say that you have to be the master of your ship or whatever that thing is yeah. like the captain of your life the master of your fate and i used to like think wow that sounds so good but i never really understood it in a really um embodied way until much more recently going yeah that's what it, that's what i need to do i need to really know where i'm going mm. so that i can be supported not only by the universe but by all the people around me you know unless we're declaring it and we're saying it and repeating it and letting people know um, in whatever ways uh, it's probably unlikely that that ideal dream is actually going to come to fruition and that's just the way it is doesn't mean you have to go out and get a billboard and tell every single person about what you're doing yeah. you might want to in the beginning just keep it close to the chest and just share it a bit with your journal or with a close friend mm -hmm. certainly somebody who's encouraging you at some point it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks and that's kind of you know what Lou's talking about how mm -hmm. the universe leads us along to take bolder steps yeah I think this 23 is like, that's really been the story of this. The 23 is getting more and more courageous, more and more outspoken and realizing like this, it's up to me. Like, what was that thing you did? Was that last year? If it's meant to be, it's up to me. Was that? Yeah, that was, that's a saying I've used. Yeah. All right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. what. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and you know, 23 being that number, I'm not going to go through the whole thing again, but it's very, very human number. 
I really think we're being um, asked to step into our real embodied humanity um, with all of this and to um, kind of steer our ship as a human, a spiritual being in a human suit, as as uh, has been said, and to think differently about how we um, steer that ship. I like steering my ship rather than mastering my own ship. <laughs> I like it. I'm at the helm steering it. I'm going, I'm going to go that way and I'm going to go set my sights on that way. <laughs> right. I'm not sure if I got the words right. It could be oh, no, I think that is a saying that oh. you've got to be the master of your own ship. But uh, I find that quite a patriarchal thing. It's like, like I'm telling everybody else what to do. Whereas if you're in your own ship and you've got the rudder or the steering wheel, you're steering your own ship. So. Mm. Yeah, right. I think the idea to me, the word mastery, you know, is this idea of of becoming skilled Mm -hmm. at what you do and being able to be resilient and kind of, you know, keep your focus, even though things around you are falling apart. Uh, But I know there's a lot of, um, you know, attachment to that word so it is an interesting word but um, well i i use it for saturn all the time mastery it's the definite but i think it's because i used to sail so you know the master of the ship we used to tell everybody else what to do Uh, i used to i used to sail with my dad when i was young and uh, i think that's why i prefer to be the idea of no this is my ship and i'm steering it (laughs) I i think it's nice to have that steering feels like you have some yeah Uh, you're empowered to choose the direction you know i think that's a really good point steering the wheel yeah Uh, i did have a thought when you were talking about the um the venus journey and what's happening and really this is of course in the turning of the wheel we are entering the spring equinox or we will on the 20th of march or around there i don't know if it's the 20th or 21st it's the 20th this year yeah okay so um and that's the kind of the time where you plant the seeds and you you know so this is all this pre-planning to get to the point of planting the seed this particular year or this time we're in the seeds are generational so we're planting new generational Mm -hmm. seeds we're we're turning a corner we're leaving behind something that um you know, it's kind of like we've all been brought to this land through the ships and however, whatever, mm-hmm. however we got here. And now we have to look at that and think, okay, all those ships are going away. Here we are on this land and we have to be able to um, find a way forward. And so everything is open to us. And uh, it's kind of like we're all starting on an equal playing field, regardless of what you have or what it looks like is recognizing that uh you know you you gain equality by claiming equality you don't need to fight with people about it you just need to recognize and resonate to it and live as if which doesn't mean you're challenging people but i actually saw a funny little uh video whatever on instagram tiktok or some woman somebody had posted where there was this woman going when I see people saying I have an attitude or they don't like my attitude or way I talk and stuff like that. And she's like, you know, how is it my business when you're intimidated by me? Right. 
And it just kind of makes me feel like, yeah, like, you know, people may be intimidated by us. They may find us uh, annoying or may want us to go faster or slower, sideways or left. And we can kind of hurry up or try to appease them or we can just kind of stop and go, wait, is that really the direction I want to go? They need to look at their own paper or page or whatever and stay on their own thing and why it, it, uh, yeah. Right. But, you know, sorry, interrupted you. But I think that the key here, well, anyway, for me, the key here and what I hear from the record keepers is that, you know, people will always have opinions. So we can be worried about or telling them what to do, or we can just kind of go, I don't really care. Yay, you have an opinion. Doesn't matter to me. Your opinion of me doesn't matter. Right. Right. (laughs) That's the strength, right? When we get less attached to somebody else having an opinion, because there will always be opinions. And we we should be the same about others too, you know. Exactly. Our opinion of you doesn't matter too. I should stop telling you what to do, right? So it's kind of like, yeah, I got more time to, uh, you know, unless somebody asks our opinion, which is different, or they hire us and we are working with them. But those are requests. When we request for help, then we can certainly offer help. If nobody's asking us, then maybe we should just focus on what we need to do exactly uh, that's what i meant by staying on our own paper <laughs> so i just want to mention talk about that draconic bowl again um quickly uh, because that reminds me of our cards too you know um the draconic bowl basically means most of the planets the main planets are trapped on one side of the lunar nodes and um and it's a very focused and concentrated bowl of soup if you like where we're being asked to really look at what's happening and roughly speaking this draconic bowl has been on what's called um the eastern hemisphere of the chart roughly speaking from the signs capricorn through um through to um cancer uh, which is the line of birth to death, by the way. It's roughly that. <laughs> so so don't don't go. But it's Gemini and Sagittarius, because um, if you look at the chart, it's kind of splits mostly onto the Eastern Hemisphere on the natural chart. And the Eastern Hemisphere of the chart is about the proactive. I'm going to create my own life and I'm not... Um, and I'm not uh, susceptible to uh, peer pressure and, you know, to codependence on what others think. So we're going back to that. And um, but the, the the draconic bowl starts to break up on March the 26th. So this that that date will be before the next um, the next lunation or the full moon. And um, it's that day is quite magical. So we have the Venus star point that I mentioned already. We have Venus and the sun meeting at six degrees of Aries, which is Mars ruled. And Mars will be exactly conjunct the North Node and leaving the Draconic Bowl on that very same day. And um, exactly on the star point that Gemini was at on her retrograde journey last uh, June the 3rd that star point so th- this this is just astounding to me because um, Jen could talk about the 6 and the 13 we've already talked about is 13 degrees Gemini is when Mars will um, will leave the draconic bowl 
Mars's action and pioneering and time to like leave this cosmic soup and create and kind of pioneer what we're wanting to take out of where we've been in this bowl. And there's Mars, uh, there's Venus and the Sun meeting at six degrees of Mars ruled Aries as well, um, really creating the the new us in in the first sign of the zodiac. Uh, the the fact that those two star points are being activated on one day is just astounding to me, quite honest. <laughs> and actually yeah. it's, it's it's super exciting when you think about it it makes sense that mars which is our libido our desire unfettered desire is charging out first because yes. that's what we need we need the libido the desire to lead the charge it's kind of what we've been talking about mm-hmm. how do you activate what you desire that's the um the unfettered mars free mm-hmm. at last and running so we're kind of pulling the energy and um and of course the fact that you have those two kind of um uh, opposites if you will the uh, two um, kind of sides of the coin uh, of the energy or the outward action and the kind of creative energy which is part of the whole uh, it just you know activates more of those things like that whole series and um um chiron yes that's it remember <laughs> the name chiron right series and chiron that whole it's kind of that same thing like that coming together in a new way uh going i don't need to hold on to the old junk the old stories i can just mm-hmm. move out of this i can release you know, I think so much of this energy as it's being released, this uh, kind of draconian energy, if you, you know, think about how... That... It's draconic, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's not draconian. <laughs> oh, draconic, okay. Dra- draconian is a whole different thing. All right. Well, I'm glad you're here too. Um, because, but I think in any case, right, it's that whether it's draconic or draconian or whatever part you fit into and believe in, um, <laughs> But we'll go with Lou's version. That's the correct version, <laughs> astrologically. Okay, well, we certainly want to be correct with astrology. <laughs> so we'll go with the draconic. Draconic. Right, the draconic energy that is being released is like there is a certain energy when you think about the word draconic or draconian or whatever even related to dragon and to this idea of being um pressed in right so there's this what happens when things are being really pressed together there's a whole um breakthrough of energy which is available to us so pressing in all our parts and feeling all like kind of huddled and squashed in together and this release or this running out of the energy that is so essential to our personal desires which is that martian energy running out forwards is very activating so i think that's super exciting as far as the numbers because we talked about the 13 the fact that it's that divine feminine it's about um, the revolution of change it's just that complete death and rebirth energy 
that happens. And then we create something new. We actually set new foundations. We've got that four energy from the 13. So it's through our own personal desire and creativity, we expand into something new, which is what this chart is all about. And then the six is very, um, very much a energy of uh, coming into oneself in one's environment. So coming home, not just to oneself, but to one's uh, family, to one's relationship with others, uh, finding the beauty, the safety, the the creativity of being connected, the love. It's very much about love, loving your surroundings, your home, your people, your neighborhood, uh, all of those things. So it's, you know, if you think about those with that Venus energy being in that place of total love for herself mm -hmm. uh, in her environment, it's like taking care of yourself and then you take care of others. It's just that whole loop that we've been talking about, right? Mm -hmm. When you surrender to your creative muse and you allow that to inform you and how you treat others and yourself, and everything shifts and we move away from that old environment where we were very fixated on telling others what to do, doing things for other people, following other people's rules that nothing to do with us. So we're totally lost <laughs> and this complete shift into, well, what do I want to do and who do I want to collaborate with and how do I need to take care of myself and know myself in order to be a contributing member to this Mm, yeah. So, um, Ceres and Chiron, Jen mentioned them a little bit, you know, at seven degrees of Aries, uh, just right a degree from where Venus and the Sun will meet on March the 26th, just 13 days after this new moon. Ceres, um, I'm kind of working with her quite a lot at the moment. I, Ceres is, um, was asteroid number one, the first one discovered in the asteroid belt. And uh, Chiron is in the asteroid belt as well. And Ceres is, um, oh no, he's further out because he's a centaur. But Ceres is, um, she's the great mother. She is about uh, the the mother, mother maiden kind of crone energy of, of like getting used to the cycles of life and the aging cycles and things and the loss of innocence she lost her daughter to pluto i'm kind of been tracking these cycles i did a whole presentation on series that um is actually i did it for nadia shah's youtube channel so um you could find it there i'll also be doing it again this year but um the more i study series she's now a dwarf planet um she got reclassified after the discovery of eris and here she is. She is in. She's the only dwarf planet in the asteroid belt. So, to my mind, even though she was asteroid number one, to my point, she, my mind, she was discovered way before Pluto and before. Um, um, Uranus. Sorry. Uranus. Uh, before any of the um, uh, dwarf planets, I'm talking about 
Sorry, yeah, she was discovered before Uranus too. Oh, right. Well, you talk about the dwarf. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So she's dwarf planet number one, and she's in that asteroid belt that takes us out to uh, greater consciousness and greater knowledge. I kind of think Ceres is the healing bridge because her whole story is about uh, grief, loss, and then forgiveness and coming back into, um, you know, into that forgive, uh, forgiving state of all the loss and things that we've kind of the innocence we've lost, all those kind of things. I don't know if I'm explaining it very well because Ceres is one of these things that has been speaking to me lately and I'm kind of forming my views on it. But anyway, Ceres, this meeting of Ceres and Chiron together um, on this new moon at that Venus star point where Venus, who I kind of see as Ceres' daughter in some way, she's the maiden in the story, Venus. Ceres mm -hmm. is the mother are coming together with Chiron, this shaman, who's the key to healing and saying in the sign of Mars that we are, I think we're giving, being given this whole opportunity by the universe. Over time, there's more I could go out and it would take too long. But we're being given this um, opportunity to heal this big divide we've got between um, the the masculine and the feminine, the the energies in our chart. This is nothing to do with men and women, um, but it has to do with that as well. But not just men and women. You know, it's it's about healing this whole divide of the relationships between each other, of what's kind of this day action, um, um, very um, outgoing. Um, extrovert kind of energy and then uh, the relationship to that with the more receptive female night feminine energy we're being given this amazing opportunity to heal all those that big polarity and that big divide and that's a to, an opportunity to heal it within us and within humanity to my mind this is a long journey um, in March, in December 2024, Ceres, Venus and Pluto, the three players in the uh, grief, loss, forgiveness story will meet together at zero degrees Aquarius, which is where Jupiter and Saturn met last um, December the 21st. I think every time that these stories are activated, it's another part you know, I, I think we're going to find over time that, um, you know, uh, the, um, what's those men called that, that kind of hate women and, and, the, and the radical um, second wave feminists that really are anti-men. I think we're going to find them falling away and that we're going to kind of come together again and find that it's okay to accept our individual differences and that we all operate differently some women are more um extrovert more male if you like some men are more female if you like and that there's this whole spectrum of who we are um i just kind of see all this unfolding in this whole story and that fact the fact that mars is um the animus uh, the anima sorry is going to be on that venus star point on march the 26th and Venus star point is in Aries. 
with the sun in the sign of Mars is one of those steps also of just healing this big divide we've got. Um, mm. You know, it's uh, um, it's long overdue. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's long overdue. Well, I'm sure all of us think it's long overdue, but I'm sure this is all part of the universal plan. So it's exactly yeah. time. It wouldn't have worked yeah. before, although we've certainly had some practice runs we're much better now than we were that mm. kind of forceful type of thing we've realized doesn't work yeah you can't overpower others to force your opinion on them and then find mm. peace and that that's impossible so we had to go through all those iterations mm -hmm. um, but I, I think absolutely there is that uh, for me if I think about series what stands out is the her opinion and as well as um Venus in that iteration her opinion of what was happening the truth is none of us really know you know that story could be told in so many different ways perhaps and one way to think about it especially now as our minds are opening the seven the five the ones that are prevalent here is all about the mind having different stories to hold on to and and be inform us but for me, you know, one way we could think about it is in terms of perhaps Ceres was a bit of an uh, over-controlling mother and yeah. Venus uh, leaving. Didn't want her daughter to leave her, lose her innocence. Right, and maybe yeah. Venus chose to go along and do that thing and be, be um, to learn about the darkness within her. So, you know, when you're just like, you know, how many of us as women and, you know, just people in general, I'm sure guys have the same thing, were told when we were growing up about what was acceptable in our how we behave like oh you don't say anything if you don't say something nice smile you know all this kind of crap that we had to take on and do and then guys had the opposite like traditionally like don't never you know don't cry toughen up yes yeah, toughen up so you know <laughs> Isn't that that story of this this whole series story of all of the um, kind of stories that we took on and believed that oh. we had to uh, kind of uphold, like it was our duty to live in this way and mm -hmm. to show the world, like you know, you know, what does a respectable person do and how do they behave? Oh no, I'm in complete agreement with you with this oh. with the series story. There's also another aspect that you could see that she was. Um, you know, because she never married, you know, clearly she had um, a child in the myth with her brother, in fact, gods and goddesses, yeah, they, they didn't care, but she never married, she never was in a relationship as such, but um, she, um, you know, it could have been her own loss of innocence, she did not want to, you know, she wanted to stay in this very pure, controlled state and things like that there's all kinds of right well especially yeah. if you think about you know if you'd had a relationship with your brother i mean that would be so unhealthy and then you'd feel so controlled mm -hmm. that you'd want to control right yeah so there's all those ways we can look at it mm -hmm. so i think that's really a key and seven is this opportunity to have revelations lightning strike wisdom coming into your being of going oh i was thinking one way but what was i thinking i actually need to think differently and then behave differently i also had this thought and i don't know you and you know more than me about all of this but that's interesting that 
Ceres being the number one dwarf planet and Chiron, wasn't that the number one of the centaurs? I think so, yeah, first. It was kind of an interesting idea that the, mm -hmm. like the first centaur and the first dwarf yeah. planet coming together on this kind of momentous occasion uh, to bring new insight and new opportunity mm -hmm. and wisdom into the healing. It's like, you know, let's all gather together and um, look for, uh, you know, the last time, you know, which kind of reminds me of that era story, you know, the last time we all got together when we had this opportunity, we were all looking at what was wrong with each other and how we could exclude mm -hmm. each other. And this time we can get together and we can actually look at what is right about all of this and what we want more of. Um, so I think that, uh, anyway, that's what just kind of struck me about that. So I thought that was interesting. Well, it is interesting. Uh, and they've Interestingly, they've both been described as bridges. Like um, Chiron is known right. as, as the Rainbow Bridge and um, and uh, Ceres is kind of the bridge in the asteroid belt to the um, outer planets as well. And as that number one discovered, she was uh, the link to then the further discoverings so they're kind of both a bridge to healing and interestingly as well in the in the 12 in the day consentes of rome where they had six male gods six female gods uh, ceres was one of them and she was paired with mercury who's also kind of the bridge between um the gods and humanity so um Right, the messenger, right. Yes. So that is very interesting, right? And yeah. then you have that three, which is that, you know, the triad of power, mm -hmm. uh, which is fascinating. So uh, so that brings me to this uh, thought that I had looking at the chart, like below the, dr the draconian bowl is three female uh, um energies and i don't want to call them planets i don't know what they're called but those three like so the three females kind of holding the space you've gone from one uh, female so you have vesta hygia and i'm not sure what they're Halmea, Halmea. right another of the newly discovered dwarf planets so Right. So isn't that interesting? You have these three powerful energies mm -hmm. that represent different aspects of um, of completion, right? yes. the fire, the flame holder, the healing, the, uh, the kind of new birth, that kind of stuff. Um, it's, mm -hmm. I actually think that's really interesting how that's placed there. Yes, I agree. I know, and they're kind of almost equally spaced, not quite, but uh, but they kind of are. And um, yeah, you know, I, I just see so much potential for rebirth. One other interesting fact, and then we must do the symbols because we're going to go way long again if we don't, is that um, <laughs> is there's a lot of, uh, there's been or there is and there has been more than usual quintile as aspects, which is called the fifth harmonic which is the five-pointed star of venus so it's uh that's aspects that divide the chart into five so it's a lesser used aspect and that series uh chiron conjunction is in quint quintile to pluto so Ceres pluto was the one that either stole or fell in love with the um with Ceres' daughter and took her into the underworld so that's a Venus aspect, drawing those two together. 
Mm. Okay. So that's another kind of bridge to healing. There's just so much healing potential, I think, in in this new moon chart and in those star points that are coming up. And um, and Venus, of course, is the next closest planet to the sun from us. And she is said to be the higher incarnation of Earth energy uh, and in many ways. And then Mars is the other side. If you look at the lineup of planets, he's the one that takes us action out into the universe. But uh, they are both the closest to the Earth. So they're either side. So this integration of Mars and Venus is really key of this, uh, the yin, the yang, the day, the night, whatever you want to call all those energies, um, masculine, mm-hmm. feminine. Um, we have to manage to heal these polarities and separation that we've um, we've managed to create somehow. <laughs> On creation time. Yeah. And I think that's very true. I did want to mention that something caught my eye, and that's the, um, that Jupiter's at 19, still in Aquarius, but... Mm. 19 to match the 19 of venus they were together in aquarius on the last um yeah last full moon i think uh was it the last moon or the last full moon but anyway they were 12 together and now they're at this 19 together so there is that kind of correlation in a sense that they are there's still support there in that um kind of way that there's still that connection new beginnings new start i feel like this chart is just so much about leadership like personal leadership about really beginning to understand what what are the qualities you need to be in personal leadership around your life steering your you know your own vehicle of life and how you get that across how you kind of you buy in and live through a healing or a healing approach uh, that is um, you know life changing so it's not so much necessary that we change the big things although the big things will change but that we change what is out of whack in our own world by speaking differently uh, making different choices being more clear about what we want and that's really what leadership is about right it's like Mm. taking taking ownership of what we want and then changing the things we can change um so that and and also respecting other people's choices yeah and it was the aquarius new moon that jupiter Ah, and venus were together exactly at 12 degrees aquarius because i just looked at that so that was the one on february the 11th so uh, it was the new moon before this one that we're looking at now so Right, so that's interesting yeah yeah okay i just want to say one last thing and that's those three planets at the bottom that i mentioned or whatever they are bodies planetary mm. bodies uh the numbers uh one two and three so we have the inner one is three mm-hmm. the 12 degrees and then one and two one two three so mm. interesting one two three very 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 cool all right you do your symbol first <laughs> oh, All right. before we do one quick mention again patreon.com forward slash weirdly magical to support our podcast and we'll be posting the link to buy our swag on our facebook page so <laughs> yes thank you 
Thank you Thank for you. those who support us. Really Thank support. you always. And and any reviews always welcome. Likes, follows, reviews. Everything. Right. We appreciate whatever yeah. way you support us. And that's really, yeah. really beautiful. Thank you. Together, we do it all. Yeah. So Pisces, 24 degrees. Mm -hmm. The Sabian symbol on a small island surrounded by the vast expanse of the sea. People are seen living in close interaction. So the keynote, the need to consciously accept one's own personal limitations in order to concentrate one's energies and to live a centered and fulfilled life. Every individualized person is a small island in the vast ocean of mankind. The ego fulfills a necessary function, sets boundaries, gives specific character to the consciousness. Within these boundaries, a complex interplay linking and integrating the various aspects of the personal life can operate constructively in time. These ego boundaries can not only expand, but can become a zone of intense interchange between the inner and outer, between the individual and the community, between human and the universe. So it tells us that the first duty of any person is to truly be what they are as an individual. However, this individual has particular dharma, a place, a function, a vast whole. The island's inhabitants get subsistence from the sea and in time learn to navigate the sea and interact with other islanders and all eventually come to realize their oneness within the whole earth, which includes everything. So a, an appropriate word would be centralization. Mm -hmm. That's really been saying what we've been saying all along, that... This new moon is about our relationships, but first starting with our relationship with ourselves. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm, awesome. And uh, the Chandra symbol for Pisces 24, a spring festival. The participants are in a state of ecstatic frenzy. Inward explosions, the pressure valve goes off. You sit inside collective and ancestral frequencies of doubt, insecurity and suppression until this can no longer be. The frenzied edge of new worlds, the ancient accumulations of old worlds, coming to that point where the inward power overthrows form constraints, scatters semblances and finds something magnificent that has been untapped and forbidden for so very long. The final spark ignites, releases and reveals. What was lost and forgotten is more there than ever and not discouraged, never put down. And that just makes me want to go and do ecstatic dancing. If anybody's that never done ecstatic dancing, <laughs> you kind of go and the music's really loud and you don't dance with anybody you don't talk to anybody you just dance and let yourself completely go and yet you're somehow connected with this sea of other people doing the same thing so <laughs> right. it's wonderful to know everyone's doing their own thing all in the same space yeah and it's safe yeah and so very energizing yeah so feel those little explosions of creativity inside yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. 
Mm. And go forward. This is a time to truly um, bring that uh, kind of thought, whatever it is, of who you are, what you need to do at this time, mm. into focus so you can actually take action. And it may just be a tiny action, but it's taking you towards where you want to go. Exactly. Anyway, Jen, how can everybody find you? You can find me on my website, jendushen.com, J-E-N-D-U-C-H-E-N-E. -E. I do uh, YouTube videos weekly at uh, Akashic, um, Akashic Swan Guidance. I have a group, Akashic Swan Guidance, on Facebook um, and a page. I think it's Jendushen, not sure. But anyway, you can find me there. And the Illuminating Journey cards are available on my website as well as ways to work with me. And uh, I'm excited because I'm going to be starting offering some programs and workshops soon around the cards and some of this guidance. Fantastic. So I'm Louise Eddington, L-O-U-I-S-E-E-D-I-N-G-T-O-N is my website, louiseeddington.com. You can also find me as Cosmic Owl Astrology on YouTube, Facebook. I have Cosmic Owl Astrology Cafe is my Facebook group. I'm on Instagram also. And my books, my two books are available on my website or are from all major booksellers. So this is the complete guide to astrology and modern astrology. And I offer readings, but I also offer a membership community, the Cosmic Owl community, which is going to be um, changing focus from this new moon. Um, there's just going to be one level of membership and you're going to get all the magic thrown at you in that membership. So look for that announcement when I kind of relaunch the one level. It's going to include um, just so much. And um, and of course, it's going to be $23 a month because that's that number, that magic number. <laughs> And for Weirdly Magical, you can find us on pod, on uh, YouTube, Weirdly, Mag Weirdly Magical. Subscriptions, always welcome. Uh, Weirdly Magical on um, Instagram and Facebook. And um, I think that's it. So, <laughs> so for now, it's goodbye from Lou. And goodbye from Jen. <laughs>